tonight, Nigerians usher in 2022 with excitement and prayers for a more peaceful and prosperous year. Christian and Muslim clerics urge leaders and all citizens to focus on the common good as well as pursue tolerance and peaceful coexistence. We continue our review of 2021 and today we'll be examining how the National Assembly performed in the past year. On business news tonight, Nigeria's foreign exchange reserves sustained weekly decline for by $61.41 million to $40.53 billion. And on sports news tonight, Rodri scores a stoppage time winner as Manchester City edged Arsenal to move 11 points clear at the top of the Premier League. It's a year we all anticipated, and true to the universal law of time, the year 2022 is finally here. As a matter of fact, we're 22 hours into it already. And here in Nigeria, the new year was welcomed with jubilation and fanfare, as well as prayers for peace and progress in the land. And to ring in the new year, Christians turned out in their numbers across various churches for the crossover service, where both the clergy and the members of the faith-based community expressed gratitude and hope that the worst of the times, especially the COVID-19 pandemic, is over. The crossover service from the year 2021 may well go down in history as the most anticipated church service for members of the faith-based community. Chanting psalms and singing solemn hymns, congregants of the Cathedral Church of Christ in a crossover mood. The additional wardrobe everyone now adorns is a clear fallout of where we are coming from, and the pandemic, with its consequences, means every survival is grateful. It was a year with a mixture of highs and lows. Yet we can say that we are victorious because he journeyed with us, he fought our battles, he defeated our enemies, and he gave us surprising victory. For what he has done, I want you to shout one powerful hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Happy New Year to you. God bless you. Pastor Tunde Bakari takes us beyond 2022 to 2027 in what he describes as a panoramic view shown him by the Holy Spirit, and it concerns the church, Nigeria, and its citizens. None of the enemies of our nation 
perpetrating economic sabotage against us and destabilizing our nation will escape. The year 2024 to 2027 will be a period of turnaround and outstanding economic recovery for a nation like never before. God Almighty will cause us to rejoice over our enemies. In Jesus' mighty name. Across denominations, diverse expressions are in large supply. come down to prayers and prophetic declarations. In a sermon, Pastor Femi Fasiru brings a message of hope, one needed so dearly. I believe that God is taking us into a brand new year that is going to usher us into an era of creation. We are going to make something out of nothing. Nigeria is going to make something out of nothing. And the blessings of God that have been uh, around that we have not maximized, God will give us creativity to turn it around so that nations will come and we will have to go to the rescue of nations. Somebody if you ever see in your spirit that someday Nigeria will be great. If you ever see in your spirit that Nigeria will stand amongst nations and it would hold his head high up, I want to shout a big amen. In other parts of the South, a former PFM president, Bishop Taiwa Delako, who joined all the worshippers at the Rehoboth Cathedral, called on government to do all it can to restore the economy and eliminate threats to life and property. 2021 was, was a very hard and difficult year for many economically. And I believe God that Nigeria will be more secure this year and economic prosperity will come upon our nation, Nigeria. Church members at the St. John Mary Catholic Church in Asaba Delta State also gathered for the crossover mass to usher in the year 2022. All we need to follow this year, we don't know what we will meet and what we will see. It's the grace of God. We we'll trust Him, believe in Him, and then do our bit. It's a joyous atmosphere here at the Emmanuel Anglican Church, Oweri. Worshippers thanked God for the grace to see a new year. The vicar of the church, Venerable Mike Amadi, prayed the year will be an improvement on 2021. It doesn't matter the style of worship. The goal is the same. And if you are seeing or hearing this report, you are in 2022. Congratulations. Olu Phillips, Charles Television News. I'm back here in Lagos where more assurances are coming after the losses occasioned by the COVID-19 pandemic. A table of restoration, recovery, 
and multiplication from God is what awaits believers this year. And that's according to the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation, Pastor Kwadru Oyemade, during the crossover service of the church. An atmosphere of joy as congregants lift up their voices in songs and dance. The Lord is inviting worshippers to a dinner table in 2022. That's the word from the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. In the book of Psalms, he says, he has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy. There is a table of fatness. On that table, there is restoration. On that table, there is recovery. On that table, there is the multiplication of what some people have lost in the last two years because of the pandemic. Then the countdown begins, and 2022 is welcomed with fireworks. Prayers are offered for the people. I'm saying it over you, that what your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents invested into others that has not shown up, this blessing, I place it on you. The reward of their good deeds shall rest upon your life. Then a prophetic word from the book of Numbers. The Lord shall enlarge your coasts, and your blessing shall not bring grief to your family in the name of Jesus. As Nigerians herald the year 2022, the message from churches such as the Covenant Nation Lagos is one of faith and hope in the face of adversity. Here's how the new year was ushered in across the northern part of the country. Now, while some spent the part of night in churches singing praises and thanking God as they watched the year 2021 roll by, some others welcomed the new year at carnivals. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. You know the first miracle Jesus did? How did you spend the last few hours of 2021? For many Christian faithful, bidding 2021 goodbye and ushering in the year 2022 is better done in the church as they sing praises and dance in appreciation for what God has done for them during the outgoing year. The atmosphere in the churches exude happiness as melodious rendition by the choirs sets the tone for the messages from clergymen 
who preach hope and trust in the power of God to make the new year a better one. The year 2022 will be a better year and God will give us victory over COVID-19, over Omicron, whatever the name might be. I know there's a name above every other name and that is the name Jesus. As the clock ticks and the year 2021 winds down, a joyous shout of Happy New Year rents the air, followed by fireworks, songs, and dance of gratitude to God. I believe that by the grace of God, 2022 will be a year of great things. It will be a year of breakthroughs. It will be a year of life that there will be less death in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have great expectations that this country will rise up to its glory and to its purpose originally intended by God. After the rain, after the storm, the sun will shine again. In Kaduna, some residents usher in the new year at this carnival organized by the state government. The security situation in the state did not deter these residents as they welcomed the new year with hope and excitement. Expectations for 2022 is um, we hope to, um, to have a better um, um, security-wise, uh, better infrastructures, um, better governors. The carnival train also made a stop in just the Plateau State Capital, another state with its own share of insecurity. Nevertheless, these residents are optimistic that the new year offers better tidings than the preceding one. In part two after the break, we have more on the new year as Christian and Muslim clerics call on Nigerians to seek the common good as well as pursue tolerance and peaceful coexistence in 2022. Stay with us. Join us, you're watching the news at 10, live on channels, television, Lagos on this New Year's Day. A reminder of our top stories. Nigerians are sure in 2022 with excitement and prayers for a more peaceful and prosperous year at crossover gatherings. Christians and Muslim clerics urge leaders and all citizens to focus on the common good, as well as pursue tolerance and peaceful coexistence. We continue our review of 2021, and today we will be examining how the National Assembly performed in the past year. And South Africa holds a funeral mass for Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Bigs farewell to the renowned anti-apartheid campaigner. New Year presents a fresh opportunity for better performance and the Anglican Primate is calling for more commitment from leaders by being selfless, focused and resolute in the discharge of their duties. After the New Year service, which held at the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Abuja, the Most Reverend Henry Ndukuba asked those in leadership to put in their best in alleviating the plight of Nigerians in 2022 and beyond. Nigeria needs a secure future. In terms of 
economy, politics, security, and otherwise. Our children must have a future. And with what is happening now, when some people feel that this nation belongs to them and our resources are at their command, let us pray that there will be no nothing untoward. And I am asking that God will have mercy on us and help our leaders to be more focused, to be selfless, to be sacrificial, to have the, 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 the interest of the common man at their heart. All these problems that we are seeing in our nation springs from the heart. It springs from the heart. And my prayer is that in this year, God will encounter us as individuals, as families, as a nation, in such a way that he will shake us up and bring about a fresh move. Now, for the chief missioner of the Ansaruddin Society, there is a need for citizens to embrace the Nigerian project and work towards its success in 2022. It's normal uh, for rational human beings to expect better times, um, uh, you know, better governance, um, you know, that people will, will do better, particularly in this country, that will have better security, um, that will have uh, better value for life, that uh, our infrastructural decay will be addressed. Government on its part must do the needful. The people must change their ways. The least that is expected from re religious leaders across the board is tolerance. Tolerance is not um, you know, the optimum. Uh, uh, it is accommodation that is our goal. We should be and let be. Uh, nothing will happen in, in this country that there will be no Muslims again. And nothing will happen that there will be no Christians. For as long as there is freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, we must embrace one another. We must not forget our differences. We must know our differences and respect to one another. We take a moment from the New Year messages and celebrations for a review of some of the events that shaped governance in 2021. And tonight, our focus is on the National Assembly. Now, for keen observers of the federal legislature, 2021 was a mixed bag of highs and lows. Now, while some analysts commend the lawmakers for the passage of the Petroleum Industry Bill and the Electoral Act Amendment Bill, Others argue that they failed to effectively play their role, that is, their constitutional role of checking the executive and providing effective oversight for the other arms of government. Well, let's dive deeper into this with our National Assembly correspondent, Linda Akiwe, who joins us live from the nation's capital, Abuja. Well, Linda, first, a happy new year to you. But what were the defining moments for the legislature in 2021? Thank you, Coyote, and Happy New Year to you too. 
Now, there were several defining moments in the National Assembly in 2021. Two very important ones, like we said, what you read are the passage of a petroleum industry bill and the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. The PIB, which is expected to overhaul and transform the oil and gas sector, had been through different stages in the National Assembly for more than a decade. So it was a relief that the Ninth Assembly was able to pass the bill and President Buhari gave his assent, so it is now a law. Then we cannot forget the passage of the Electoral Act Amendment Bill and the drama and tension passing that legislation caused in the National Assembly because of the issues of electronic transmission of results and mode of party primaries. Now, the bill is not a law yet because President Buhari has declined assent, so it, there's still uncertainty as to the fate of that bill and if it can be passed and ascended to on time to kickstart preparations for the 2023 general elections. To the low points this year, one of them is the slow pace of work on the constitutional amendment bill. By now, the report from the bill ought to have been brought before lawmakers and voted for before sending to the State Houses of Assembly. So let's take a look at this report, which will give more highlights on the National Assembly in 2021. When we look at the year 2021 in the National Assembly, two major issues defined Parliament. The enactment of the Petroleum Industry Bill and the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. Now, these two pieces of legislation caused huge disagreements in both chambers of a National Assembly and caused heated discussions in the public space. The Petroleum Industry Bill lingered in the National Assembly for more than a decade. The Ninth Assembly broke the jinx with the passage of the bill and eventual assent by President Buhari. However, it was indeed a tumultuous journey for the legislation in 2021. What I'm asking for. The bone of contention in the PIB was the percentage fixed for developing host communities to be derived from the operating cost of oil companies. The two chambers of a National Assembly passed the PIB with the Senate making a provision of 3% of operating cost of oil companies for host communities, while the House passed 5%. In the harmonized report, the 3% for host communities was adopted to the vexation of Niger Delta lawmakers in both chambers and interest groups. On August the 16th, 2021, President Buhari signed the Petroleum Industry Bill into law and has since forwarded amendments of the legislation to the National Assembly. But no legislation caused as much disagreement in Parliament and sparked discussions across the country in 2021 as the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. The bill is intended to sanitize Nigeria's electoral processes. Two clauses in the bill ended up becoming the most contentious, electronic transmission of results and method of party primaries. The passage of the legislation was, however, preceded by disagreement among lawmakers over Section 52.3 of the bill dealing with electronic transmission of results. This clause caused a sharp split among lawmakers from the ruling party and the opposition, and a division was called, the first in the Ninth Assembly. Therefore, vote yes electronic transmission of results because that is what Nigerians want. I, I vote no just to allow INEC to do the best job for Nigeria. Thank you. The opposition was defeated and the Senate amended the clause empowering the Nigerian Communications Commission, NCC, and the National Assembly to determine the use of electronic transmission during elections. Lawmakers and House of Reps almost came to blows debating Section 52.3 but the House eventually gave INEC the power to determine the method of transmission of election results. My name 
Surprisingly, on October the 12th, the Senate bowed to public pressure and rescinded its earlier decision on electronic transmission, thereby giving electoral body INEC the power to determine the method. Both houses also adopted direct primaries for selecting candidates by political parties. This set them against governors who are in support of indirect primaries. And this ultimately reached a crescendo with President Buhari declining assent on the bill, leaving the nation uncertain as to the future of this all-important legislation. The Senate also rejected the nomination of Loretta Onoche as INEC National Commissioner representing Delta State for contravening federal character principles. The gender equality bill also suffered a setback in the upper chamber, as some lawmakers said it offends their religious beliefs. The National Assembly also approved the loan request from President Buhari running into trillions of naira, a situation which unsettled some Nigerians. You have to listen. It's a fact. You represent the people. Even if it means having a public hearing for those who are applying for this loan to come and speak about it. The House of Representatives devoted a huge amount of time during the year to discuss the security crisis in the country. My colleague Terry Ikumi tells us more from the House. You're absolutely correct, Linda. There was hardly a plenary day without the issue of insecurity. And to take it a step further, the House organized a special national summit on security. And that report has been submitted to the president. The House of Representatives passed bills to establish development commissions in all regions of the country. The House also passed the Climate Change Bill, as well as the Controversial Infectious Diseases Bill, which stakeholders had condemned during the public hearing last year. The passage of the bill came about 17 months after the conclusion of the public hearing. Before its passage on the 21st of December 2021, here's what the Speaker had to say. Our good faith efforts were willfully mis mischaracterized by individuals who saw the moment as an opportunity to score cheap political points and earn the passing accolades of the ignorant and misinformed. The Deputy Speaker of the House of Representatives came under fire for refusing to accept a petition from a group of Nigerians in diaspora. Towards the end of 2021, the House began investigating the activities of real estate developers in the country, following numerous petitions from Nigerians alleging fraud. However, the efficacy of these investigations by the National Assembly is being questioned. Several committee legislative investigations were, were started and uh, Nigerians were interested in these investigations, but eventually uh, nothing came out of these investigations as far as informing the public about the outcomes of these uh, several investigations. Stepping into an election year, it is expected that lawmakers will not abandon their primary responsibility of lawmaking to focus on politics. Terry Ikumi, Channels Television News. Well, quite an intriguing year indeed for the legislature. But Linda, 2021 over and done with. Briefly, what does the year 2022 hold for the National Assembly? Yeah, thank you, Coyote. In 2022, we would like to see the National Assembly take more seriously the amendment of the 1999 Constitution and address the issues of devolution of powers, fiscal federalism, and method of policing, to name just a few which many Nigerians want attention to be given to. And of course, the Electoral Act Amendment Bill needs to be passed and signed into law quickly to allow INEC and even political parties prepare for the elections. We want more scrutiny on loan requests sent by the president and also for the legislature to be more efficient in oversighting other arms of government. Well, thanks, Linda, our National Assembly correspondent.
Let's now bring you some more analysis on the National Assembly's performance in the last year with Mr. Oke Apia, who is the founder of the paper Nigeria, joins us live from our Abuja studio. Well, Mr. Apia, a lot has been said about the passage of the PIB and Electoral Act Amendment Bill, but uh, would you say the National Assembly did well in enacting other impactful legislations in 2021? And by the way, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Coyote. Best wishes for 2022. Uh, well, um, let me quickly add that um, another very impactful legislation passed by the National Assembly in 2021 is the Sam Honorable Climate Change Bill, which is now an act of parliament. Uh, that very impactful piece of legislation is intergenerational, and the, 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 the import of that law as we have it currently is beyond, uh, it's not giving, it's not getting adequate attention. Perhaps because the PIB, which is now PIA, has stalled for so long, it has taken a lot of attention, perhaps also because the electoral bill uh, is also very important to uh, the reform of the, you know, the political process, especially the electoral uh, jurisdiction of this country. So we have not quite, uh, we tend not to give attention to the very important nature of the Climate Change Act as we have it. Uh, having said that, I, I think that the National Assembly uh, deserves some bit of commendation in certain areas, uh, but we must also call attention to areas where they have fallen short of public expectations. And this, like, you know, uh, Linda mentioned in earlier, relates very hugely around um, the performance of oversight functions. We haven't seen a lot of, um, you know, um, effective and effectual oversight uh, performance by the National Assembly. And the, you know, examples abound. Uh, she mentioned the issue of debt, the rising debts. You know, we keep seeing approvers and approvers of all requests, virtually all requests made by Mr. President on the issue of loans and, you know, borrowings have been approved. and expeditiously so by the National Assembly. Even though when we have lapses, we, we've seen members, certain members of the National Assembly call attention to uh, issues around exclusion and lack of details of what this money will be used for, but we still see the approvers anyways. You know, so there is, a, there is, is you know, concern about, you know, performance of oversight in that regard. Um, we, we have been told that, well, the National Assembly is more interested in building and sustaining a cordial, on collaborative relationship with the executive, that is fine. I've always made the point, nobody's asking for fisticuffs, but we are saying to the National Assembly, we have to have the interests, the generality of the national interest above regime security, above regime stability, and above elite interests, which is the way I can define uh, uh, the collaboration that they like to trumpet. And I think that um, if that is done, we will see more of national interest, issues that bother constituents and Nigerians uh, be on the front bone. I give you another example, the Twitter ban, or what is popularly known as Twitter ban, the suspension of Twitter, uh, the micro-blogging site in this country is well over six months. And you know, it appears that we don't have a national assembly. This is an issue that borders and concerns Nigerians, their livelihood, their means of communication, it relates to freedom of expression and all of that. And you just, you know, basically abandon your function of checks and balances over the executive, and you let this very important, you know, uh, human rights, uh, economic, 
issue, uh, just uh, remain Nigerians are deprived. Right. You know, so the National Assembly needs to be told in clear terms that yes, we want collaboration. Mm -hmm. We want uh, both arms of government to coordinate effectively, but we also want this to be done effectively in the national interests. It's right. not so, about the interest of the presidency or the interest mm. of the occupant of the presidency. Well, but Mr. it's about Abia. national interest. And if this is done... Uh, we're winding down in about a minute. I know there's so much to say on this. And there will always be questions about whether or not the National Assembly did enough uh, to shake off uh, that rubber stamp uh, tag that some have used to describe it. But on a final note, we're entering a new year. Uh, what would you want to see uh, of the National Assembly in this new year? If you could do that in 30 seconds. The National Assembly needs to give speedy attention to the constitutional amendment base that it has conducted public hearings on for over, uh, well over six months. Uh, whatever the delay is, they must put some speed to that process. The National Assembly also needs to quickly pass the fiscal responsibility bill that has also been on the table for much of the Ninth National Assembly. Uh, this bill is important because it helps in an era that we're all complaining about revenue shortages and crises. Uh, this bill will help, you know, government show up its revenue base. It will also help in the anti-corruption, in prosecuting the anti-corruption fight of this government. A constitutional amendment is very key because, you know, like Linda mentioned earlier, there are a couple of bills that will help us to resolve lots of the issues around security, around fiscal federalism, around empowering and empowerment of the Office of the Auditor General, around local government reforms, several of them that I think that a lot of my attention should be given to speedily because mm. there is no time. We are going to be going into the election here and uh, National Assembly members would, of course, naturally be distracted. They would now be focused more on politics. So right. um, in the early days of 2022, we'd like to see attention given to the constitutional amendment process, to the right. passage of the fiscal responsibility beyond all the key legislations uh, that align on, uh, in the chambers of both uh, of the National Assembly. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you on the performance of the National Assembly on this New Year's Day, Mr. Oke Apia, who's the founder of the Paper Nigeria. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Now back to the New Year celebrations, which, by the way, are not limited to the churches and fun spots alone. There is also joy at the hospitals as the first babies of the year are ushered into the world. In the nation's capital, Abuja, the wife of the president, Mrs. Aisha Buhari, who was represented by her senior special assistant on Africa's First Lady's Peace Mission, Mrs. Meiru Almakura, has received the nation's first baby of the year. And our correspondent, Gloria Mezoke, reports. The jubilation had barely faded when Abuja's first baby of the year arrived at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Day. Representatives from the First Lady's office arrived at the maternity ward of Buari General Hospital to welcome the new baby. Mrs. Hosea, an unbooked patient without much funds, gave birth to her second child, Baby Destiny, at the hospital, which is located some 45 kilometers from the Abuja city center. She gave birth to the baby through a caesarean section. Exactly 12 a.m. 
that was when the baby was delivered. And the uh, baby was a baby boy, and the weight of the baby was 4.1 kilograms. I'm very excited, very, very excited. I pray for a good life ahead for the baby, and may God continue to guide and protect the baby. Through her representative, the wife of the president, Mrs. Aisha Buhari, lists areas of focus for mothers, including practicing exclusive breastfeeding and proper pre- and postnatal care. I want to use this platform to call on mothers to note the importance of antenatal hospital delivery and postnatal care to address the challenges of maternal and child mortality. I also call on mothers maintain basic sanitation and health, space their births and register their children at birth with the National Population Commission. Records also reveal that in Nigeria about 262,000 babies die at birth each year. We therefore have every cause to be happy at safe deliveries of children today. As she resonates the crucial need to enroll children in school, issues of gender-based violence become pivotal. I want to re-emphasize that gender-based violence is not acceptable anywhere in the world, including Nigeria. Hence, we should all join hands to ensure that it is eradicated in our society. The First Lady's entourage went around the ward bearing baskets of gifts and encouragements to other patients. For many parents with blessings like this in Buari, the new year has certainly brought more to be hopeful about. Gloria Umezuke, Channels Television News. Well, the new year also gifted the nation's commercial capital, Lagos, with bundles of joy. And uh, the wife of the state governor, Dr. Bija Kesonwulu, was at three state-owned facilities to share the joy of the families and present gift items to the first babies. Harvey Road Healthcare and Maternity is the first facility visited in Lagos. The healthcare center, which has been upgraded to an hospital, delivered three babies at the early hours of the new year. I'm the happiest mother of the year, of 2022, because it's ended well. I'm happy. I'm grateful to Almighty Allah. The wife of the state governor, Dr. Mrs. Dibijake Samolu is here with other senior state officials for the yearly tradition. This visit goes beyond the New Year celebration as she encourages families to take advantage of the state's health care insurance scheme which covers antenatal packages. Access to care is made easier. We also have the health insurance, Lagos State Health Insurance Scheme that we are encouraging people to go on. And we have our Nigerian Population Commission, ensuring that we register all our babies that are being born. Meanwhile, the state government promises to continue to invest in health infrastructure. We've made significant progress in uplifting the infrastructure of this hospital. And your call for expansion has not landed on deaf ears. The year gone by has been a difficult one for Nigerians. And for a state like Lagos, all hands have been on deck to scale down the numbers of COVID-19 infections and get other social welfare programs. But there are times when one needs to loosen up. Even if it's just for a moment. This is one of those days. 
At the Onico Health Care Center, two newborns were ushered early into the year 2022. Mother of the first baby to arrive is grateful to God for safe delivery. Baby came 12 a.m. on the dot. So I feel so happy to be among those people that get death on the first, on the first of 2022. The final stop is Lagos Island Maternity Hospital, where three babies were born. This young couple are excited at their bundle of joy and their new title of parents. It's my first baby, it's my first fruit, and I'm really happy. And I don't really have much to say. And God is the greatest. I had my baby at 12.05, and this 3.5, and I'm so grateful. I'm really, really happy. The Lagos State Government says it understands the assignment of implementing various interventions or provide quality healthcare services to the people, reiterating its commitment to reducing maternal mortality. Definitely a beautiful way to start the new year. Let's now bring you some New Year's Day's business news with Teniola Shabawali. Thanks a lot, Kayode. Nigeria's foreign exchange reserves has sustained its decline despite the central bank's interventions in the forex market. Latest data from the CBN shows that gross reserves of the country's external buffers closed lower by $61.41 million week on week to $40.53 billion as at December the 30th, 2021. Forex traders attribute the decline in the domestic foreign reserves to low crude oil production levels, given that Nigeria is heavily reliant on oil for the majority of its dollar supply. Meanwhile, analysts say the CBN has enough supply to support the FX market over the short term, given inflows from the recently issued Eurobond and the IMF's SDR. Meanwhile, at the Forex market, trading activity at the FMDQ exchange closed negative this week as the total turnover of transactions carried out at the FX spot forwards and futures markets stumbled by 49.86% against last week to $634.74 million as at December the 31st. A further breakdown of trade and results shows that total value of transactions at the FX spot market fell by 57 0.72%, while the FX derivatives market turnover slipped by 21.5%. Similarly, the Naira dropped by 0.81% to 417 Naira, 65 Kobo against the dollar at the Nigerian Autonomous Foreign Exchange window of the Forex market. The Minister of State for Environment, Sharon Ikezo, says the federal government will collaborate with the Nigerian Exchange Limited to provide investors with new tools that will enable capital reallocation. Mrs. Ikezo made this known during the digital closing gong ceremony hosted by the Nigerian Exchange. What follows for us all is to work together as a people to ensure that the good fruits innate in the act, in the Climate Change Act, are harvested for the good of the country. 
And I do hope there will be a continuous collaboration between Nigerian Exchange Limited and the Federal Ministry of Environment for us to build a framework that would help issuers navigate uh, uh, climate disclosure, associated engagements with their shareholders, and ultimately improve, improve on the climate uh, data available to the investment and finance community. And that's business news tonight. It's back to Coyote for the rest of the news at 10. Thanks a lot, Tenny. And now to some politics. River State Governor Yesom Wike is convinced that the APC will not stand the test of time. And Nigerians will never forgive the PDP if they fail to listen to their cries to produce good leadership for the country. Governor Wike also faulted the president for on the one hand, assent into a budget he believes is not implementable while refusing to sign the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. He said this in Bauchi State while on a New Year's visit, along with his entourage to Governor Bala Mohammed. His first port of call is the Ramat House, where he had a chat with the governor and the media. And he recounts how his host, Governor Bala Mohammed, had his back during tough times. Gentlemen of the press, ladies and gentlemen. Governor Wiki addresses issues of national security, education, corruption, judiciary, and legislative matters. He insists that the PDP must take responsibility to provide the kind of leadership Nigeria needs. You saw a president yesterday that said, This budget is unimplementable. He went ahead and signed. <laughs> Something you know will not help the country. He couldn't tell National Assembly I won't sign this kind of uh, budget. Take it back. But he said, but the electoral act, he now fought errors. Direct primaries will be too expensive. It will affect security inside. But the budget that had to talk about the economy, the survival of the country which you know cannot walk, you sign. When asked about the politics of 2023, he shared his thoughts about calls on Governor Muhammad to run for the office of the president. The call on him to run for president is not misplaced at all at all. It's not misplaced at all at all. But that is uh, somebody that's very qualified to run for the presidency of this uh, country. For us as PDP, all we are doing is to put our hands in, uh, in order. Governor Mohammed begins his response on an appreciative note, but soon touches on party and national issues. We have to reposition ourselves, irrespective of anything to provide leadership. I don't have to become president. If somebody else will become president and provide the leadership. And the same thing with you. So ours is to make sure we provide the level playing field so good leadership to emerge in Nigeria. While at the palace of the Emir of Bochi, Governor Wike was named Jagor Mbochi, a traditional title which means a guide to the people of Bochi. It may be a casual visit, but both leaders appeared pleased with a firm belief that the visit will further strengthen ties. Hajara Aliyu, Channels Television News. Well, it will seem politicking for the 2023 election year has also kicked off with the start of the new year with some definite statements on one of those seeking the number one seat in the land. Uh, the Director General of Tinubu Support Group's Management Council and the former Chairman of the Appropriations Committee in the House of Representatives, Honorable Abdul Mumin Jibrin, has told Channels Television personality that has what it takes to defeat 
any candidate put forward by the main opposition, the BDP. I even find it uh, a bit funny when I see people saying, is he contesting or is he, is he not contesting? And the, rest. the only thing that is left is just the formality of organizing an event where he's going to uh, uh, express his aspiration, you know, just to notify the public that, yes, I am going to, uh, I'm going to contest. But the issue of uh, Bola Tinubu contesting, it's a done deal. He is going to contest the election. I can assure you that, uh, inshallah, he's going to be on the ballot paper. But what I keep telling people all the time is that it is one thing to be qualified to be president. It is one thing to be able to make a competent president. And it's another thing to be able to win a presidential election. There are two different things. So you, so you, have, you have so many people within the APC that are competent and are qualified to become president. But it's, com it's a completely different scenario for you to have the capacity to win a presidential election. For me, I believe that the person who has an edge over all of them, that we can hand over the ticket to him and perhaps go back home and sleep. It's a Swaji Bolatini. Yeah, we had uh, the, the just now about 2,500 ulamas from all over Kanu that all gathered. All we are told uh, you are coming to pray for Aswaji because this is what we uh, that we want. And and uh, you see, these are these are real ulamas. Some of them for a year, two years, they don't go out of their domain. Time now for some sports news. And in the English Premier League, Rodri has scored a 93rd minute winner as Manchester City took another huge step towards retaining the EPL title with a 2-1 win over Arsenal. That's 10-man Arsenal at the Emirates. Well, Pep Guardiola's men are now 11 points clear at the top thanks to an 11-game winning run. Arsenal, whose manager Mikel Arteta was forced to watch from home following a positive COVID-19 test, remain fourth in the table. In other games... Tottenham Hotspur defeated Watford, while Crystal Palace couldn't get past West Ham as they lost at home. Liverpool FC manager Jurgen Klopp will miss his side's crucial Premier League clash at Chelsea on Sunday after a suspected positive coronavirus test. Klopp's assistant Pep Linders will take charge for the fixture at Stamford Bridge as third-placed Liverpool try as, as third-place Liverpool try to keep pace with leaders Manchester City. Our defending champions Chelsea and Liverpool may be forced to play the away leagues of their upcoming Champions League ties at neutral venues owing to uncertainty surrounding coronavirus vaccination rules. Liverpool are set to face Inter Milan while Chelsea take on Lille over two legs in the last 16 of the competition. I'm Ayatunde Balogun. That sports news is back to you, for the wrap. Well, thanks a lot, Ayo. As the world welcomed the new year 2022, friends and family of the late Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu, who died on Boxing Day last month, aged 90, gathered in Cape Town, South Africa, to bid him farewell. President Cyril Ramaphosa, who gave the eulogy, praised the late cleric for his contribution to making his country and the world better. Our South Africa Bureau Chief, Betty Divya, reports. The Reverend Mass was just as the Arch wanted it, simple and quick. By the side of his wife, Leah, was his only surviving sister, Gloria Khadebe, children and grandchildren. 
and by the side of President Sir Ramaphosa was His Majesty King Letsi III of Lesotho. We remember before you this day our brother Desmond Mutilo Tutu. We thank you for giving him to us, his family and friends, to know and to love as a companion on our ethnic pilgrimage. I want to start with sending my condolences and those of all Anglicans around the world. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, sent a recorded tribute, while former Irish President Mary Robinson and former First Lady Grassa Michelle were among those who participated in the liturgy. While his daughter, Reverend Nontombitudu, thanked the world for the love shown to the family, his longtime friend and colleague, retired former Bishop of Pretoria, Michael Nuttall, gave his tribute this way. Lala Gashle, our dear friend, the Arch. You have tended the wounds of noble strife, the wounds of Ubuntu. Enter now into the full embrace of the great and generous God you served. I am standing to convey our family's thanks for the many ways in which all of you have stepped forward to tell us of how much you loved Daddy. President Sir Ramaphosa gave the eulogy where he described the late Archbishop Emeritus as the spiritual father of the nation who should be emulated. The most fitting tribute we can pay to him, whoever and wherever we are, is to take up the cause of social justice for which he tirelessly campaigned throughout his life. The Commander-in-Chief will hand over the national flag to Mama Tutu. It's indeed the end of an era as the world says goodbye to the People's Arch, Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu. His cremation ceremony after this is a private one and at a date agreed upon by his family, his ashes will be laid to rest here at the crypt at the St. George's Cathedral, Cape Town. He's been described by so many great words that hopefully those who have been praising him and those around them will live by. From the St. George's Cathedral, Cape Town, South Africa. Betty Dibia, Channels Television News. May his soul rest in peace. And back to the New Year celebrations, which have largely been scaled down or cancelled for a second year due to a surge in coronavirus infections, this time driven by the highly contagious Omicron variant. However, many nations around the world made the best of it and went ahead with extravagant fireworks displays and celebrations. And the main news again. Nigerians today ushered in 2022 with excitement and prayers for a more peaceful and prosperous year at crossover gatherings nationwide. Both the clergy and members of the faith-based community expressed gratitude and hope that the worst of times are over. And that's the news at 10 for tonight. Thank you for watching. And on behalf of all of us at Channels Television to have a joyful 
and prosperous new year. And Kaido Kikili, goodbye.